This is Emily McKinley, pastor at Urban Village Church, High Park Woodlawn. And Taylor Smith, church planting resident serving at UVC South Loop. Urban Village Church is a Jesus-loving, inclusive community with four sites throughout Chicago, Illinois. If you're And you're right now, you're listening to the Ask a Pastor podcast, A Way to Pray. This is our special Lenten podcast for 2018. And in this podcast, UVC staff members and pastors answer your difficult and dangerous questions about prayer and also offer spiritual practices that will be guaranteed to transform your life. <laughs> making promises you can't keep. <laughs> This week's first question comes to our listeners and is, how do I ask God to work in my life and what should I ask of God? And this is a great question and one I honestly wish I had the answer to. But in all seriousness, I think it's totally okay to ask just about anything of God. And I don't think we need to feel guilty or shameful or embarrassed about putting our needs and our requests out there. Heck, I might even say that that's sort of kind of what it, what's at the heart of prayer namely being as absolutely vulnerable with God as we can be. So it's okay to ask God to show up anytime, anywhere, to do anything within reason, of course, like asking God to send a bolt of lightning down from the sky onto the person who just cut you off in traffic doesn't count. But seriously, there's no... But it doesn't not count. (laughs) (laughs) But seriously, there's no holds bar when it comes to making requests of a God who is infinite in being and love and grace. Saying that, however, I do want to nuance my answer just a little bit because this question does seem to kind of operate out of of a presumption that I think is worth challenging, if ever so slightly. Because stating the question, how do I ask God to work in my life, could be interpreted as suggesting that God isn't already at work in our lives. Mm. As Christians, we believe in a living God whose spirit is alive and well, rocking and rolling in the world around us, both calling us to God's self to wholeness and fullness of life, and to community with creation. And as Christians, we believe that we're being called to participate in those activities of God in the world. So prayer then, and the requests that we make when we pray are to, uh, the requests we make when we pray to God are meant, among a multitude of other things, to assist us in aligning ourselves with the movement of the Spirit in the world. Prayer is meant to decenter ourselves as we become more centered on God. Prayer helps us be present to where God is moving so that we can then discern our next move. I'm reminded here of the story of Moses at Mount Sinai. If you remember, God calls Moses up to the mountain, essentially to enter into a state of prayer, and basically says to Moses, be present in the moment. Don't worry about your next move. Don't worry about the people at the bottom of the mountain who are looking to you for advice and direction and encouragement and leadership and all the things that are preoccupying your mind. Just be here, be present, be with me. Are you with me? Now that you are, what can I do for you? It's once we've entered into this moment that I think we can begin to dig deeper and discover what is really preoccupying our hearts. So my answer in a nutshell, ask anything (laughs) you want of God and also pay attention to the way God is already at work and then see if your requests change a little bit. So I'm going to yes and Taylor on this um, because I think that was just a great answer. And, um, you know, I'll give my own personal testimony in the sense that, like, I wouldn't be who I am and where I am without having asked for the things that feel impossible and having been transformed even by the act of asking for God to move in those spaces. So um, there is this kind of dual quality of both uh, 
coming to God, but then uh, not just coming to God with your list, right? But then being transformed by the very kind of act of yeah. being in relationship with God. Um, but, you know, acting, uh, prayer is is a big part of it. It is about inviting God's activity into our hearts and our minds and our lives. And, and it does us well to have a kind of humble attitude about it, knowing that I might be coming in with my list or my kind of concerns, but knowing that um, in the course of prayer, I might kind of have my whole... Uh, perspective and 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 desires um, transformed in the act of prayer so I always think that following Jesus example of um, not my will but your will is pretty decent rule of thumb you know can't go wrong if you're doing what Jesus did Um, and that doesn't mean you can't ask boldly it just means that you have to sort of have this humble view about things um, kind of recognizing that you don't see the whole picture when it comes to how God could or should move in our lives or in the world but if the question is about kind of what in general you should ask for, what you should pray for, um, you know, after we've prayed for dismantling systems of injustice, the flourishing of life, especially for those among us that are most vulnerable, after all that, world peace, sure, right? Sure. And we're talking about kind of personal prayer requests, um, you know, I think sort of following in the pre-debauchery Solomon's footsteps, asking for wisdom, is always a pretty good request. Um, you can't go wrong because uh, what you're also asking when you're asking for wisdom is for personal transformation, to, to have your mind, um, as Taylor, you said, earlier you know to have it have your your mind and your will and your spirit aligned with kind of what god wants to do within you and around you here here amen second that look at us in agreement um so our next question then is uh why pray if god always already has a plan now so um the question sort of assumes that prayer is a a purely trans transactional practice um and, you know, that's not surprising uh, in a Western context uh, where a lot of our relationships are defined, um, unfortunately, in that way. And our lives are defined uh, by transactional practices. Um, but, you know, prayer is not only about making a request, as, as Taylor mentioned. Um, it's also about building a relationship with God. So an ongoing prayer life is is more than kind of throwing pennies into a wishing well. Um, it's about building a long-term relationship with a God who wants to know you and journey with you through all the seasons of your life. Now, when you engage in prayer, regardless of whatever plan God has for your life, you're inviting God into the space of your decision making and your spiritual journey. And now, now I'm the lone, this is like kind of confessional a little bit. I'm the the lone Presbyterian on staff. So (laughs) I'm going to take a moment to represent John Calvin. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Yeah. (laughs) Just kidding. He's the worst. Um, And he would agree because of the whole like total depravity thing. If you don't know (laughs) what I'm talking about, look it up. But, you know, he was also a child of God. And in spite of John Wesley's beef with him, which I don't, I don't know that much about actually. um, uh, He had some things that I think are worth thinking about and made some important contributions to the Protestant church. You know, just Google them. Anyhow, uh, one of the things that Reformed folk get flacked for, flack about um, is this whole idea of predestination. You can Google that too, but basically it draws from the scripture um, this idea that God already has a plan of who's in and who's out, which sort of makes it seem like, well, then why should I even try at this faith thing if God already knows, which is sort of like this question, why pray if God has a plan, right? But again, that's missing the point because the point is that when you receive God's grace and you live into the spiritual liberation that that grace uh, allows you to live your your best life in, which of course is to to uh, live a life of healing and wholeness that seeks to increase healing and wholeness in the world, um, 
when you do that, that kind of brings me to my answer, which is whether or not you have control over the outcome of your prayer requests, um, which there is scriptural evidence that says it does make a difference. Shout out to the persistent widow. <laughs> whether or not you have control over the outcome of your prayers, the higher and central purpose of prayer is to keep that line of grace and communication with God open and alive. Now, I could talk about the health benefits of meditation and prayer, which is real. And I could also talk about how prayer requests, especially when they're for other people in our lives, um, serve to prompt us to act on one another's behalf and kind of keep each other on each other's minds, which is also true. But the thing that the kind of main thing that I want to undo about the premise of this question is that the only reason we would be in relationship with God is so that God would pay out in the form of answered prayer. Now, God isn't a vending machine. God is the force of life itself, right? Who not only holds us together and provides for us, but also wants to be in close relationship with us. And this is why God took on the humanity in the form of Jesus, right? Jesus wasn't a healing ATM. He wanted to sit with us in our pain and our alienation to accompany us in our anxieties and our hopes and to show us what free, full, and flourishing life could look like. Now, I went through a period of my life where I was having night after night of like prayer fighting with God in my car. Um, that was basically all of college. Um, and all of that served to help me know that God was with me, actually, in the good and the bad, the frustrating and the easy. Prayer includes requests for sure. And so I don't want to like make that person feel that bad about asking the question. But first and foremost, it begins with relationship. Man, yeah. You would bring up John Calvin. I would, wouldn't I? <laughs> but I think, I think you're spot on uh, about this assumptions that are kind of undergirding this question. And while John Wesley did not affirm the doctrine <laughs> of predestination, he did affirm uh, God's divine transcendence, as did John Calvin. So we're in agreement. Uh, but there's, yeah, there's this weird thing that we as human beings have a hard time grasping because of the nature we will, uh, of the world we, we inhabit. Like you said, we live in a world where transactionalism kind of is the the modus operandi but for us everything appears to be kind of a zero-sum game there's always a clear-cut winner and a clear-cut loser so i'm glad you bring up jesus uh, like a good christian because <laughs> god has a way of participating with us that doesn't cancel us out mm. and that's revealed in who jesus is so we can all we can be all that we are and partner alongside god as we figure out this life thing out and uh, that's pretty cool to me yeah So every week, we like to lead you through a prayer practice to help you through your day. And today will be, uh, today's, or this week's practice will be the practice of the prayer of examine. This is an ancient practice introduced by St. Ignatius of Loyola, a spiritual mystic who valued the imagination and human experience, and after whom a spiritual practice has many followers. But uh, the prayer of examine encourages you to reflect on your day or your week, or even just your morning or your afternoon with gratitude. And... It encourages us to become more aware of God's presence in our lives and pay attention to our emotions. St. Ignatius of Loyola encouraged people to develop an intimate relationship with a God who loves them and desires the best for them by using the prayer of examine. So take a moment to review the last week in your mind. For the next minute, Reflect on all you've done and not done in the past week. Where or when did you experience God this week? Where or when did you feel God was absence? Take some time to think about that.
Let us close in prayer. Ever present God, we know about your presence that fills the world, that occupies our life, that makes our life in the world true and good. We notice your powerful, transformative presence in word and in sacrament, in food and in water, in gestures of mercy and practices of justice, in gentle neighbors and daring gratitude. We count so on your presence and then plunge, without intending, into your absence. We find ourselves alone, abandoned, without resources, remembering your goodness, hoping for your future, but mired in anxiety and threat and risk beyond our coping. In your absence, we bid your presence. Come again, come soon, come here. Come to every garden to become a jungle. Come to our community to become living love. We acknowledge your dreadful absence and insist on your presence. So come again, come soon, come here. Amen. Uh, if this podcast has given you life this week, consider giving financially to Urban Village Church on our website at urbanvillagechurch.org forward slash give. On our website, you can learn more about the bold, inclusive, relevant community at UBC. And again, that's at our website, urbanvillagechurch.org. Oh, and we're on Facebook and Instagram too, of course. And if you live in the Chicagoland area, we'd love to see you at worship at any one of our four sites across the city. All right, so I'm going to send you off with a blessing into this week. Go forth from this podcast, uh, recognizing that Um, You have at your disposal, in the form of prayer, a deep and abiding connection with a God who wants to love you, who wants to meet your needs, and above all, wants to be in relationship with you. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the binding fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you in this place and forevermore. Amen. Amen. This week's first question is, how do I ask God to work in my life, and what should I ask of God? And our second question is, why pray if God already has a plan?